Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And once again, listeners, Julie is steadfastly doing her CE credit. So those of you guys who have Julie as your private coaching, um, as your private coach or in your premier coaching, and she's running the session that particular day, make sure you nudge her and remind her that she shouldn't procrastinate her CE. And for those of you who are procrastinating your CE, make sure you get that done. She happens to have her license in Texas and Texas evidently has some of the most, the largest, most hours CE that you're going to need. So she is uh, diligently, every time I walk past the uh, dining room where she set up this little study hall for herself, it's actually quite amusing. I'll share this with you too. You guys know that Zoe is homeschooled now. So Julie has set up her CE sort of boot camp literally right across the table from Zoe who's in uh, first grade and she's attending first grade on a notebook computer. So that is quite a scene. Only in the year of COVID would you have something like that happen where Julie is both getting her CE and she's attending the first grade again. To which she actually told me that on uh, Zoe's math class, she was telling me all the different ways that kids are learning to do math versus uh, the way that we were taught to do math. So it's really quite uh, amazing, you know, and those little fun parts of being, um, you know, a family during COVID. I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate. So we were talking yesterday on, on Sunday, yesterday, we were talking all of us, as in we, as in me and all of you listening, about the feeling of overwhelm, the feeling of stress. And we are sort of sharing um, ideas about what it means to be um, overwhelmed. What actually does that mean? What does it actually mean when you have that feeling of not knowing which direction you're supposed to be going inside your head? Um, and so you listen to yesterday's podcast. I don't want to re- um, review it too much, but um, do remember this. This is the key takeaway from all this, that you're not alone when you feel overwhelmed. And after the end of this year, um, it, frankly, if you're not feeling a little overwhelmed, if you're not feeling an abnormal, abnormally higher level of stress, well, then good for you and you're an anomaly. But for the rest of us, the rest of humanity, you know, it's something that's, uh, this has been an exceptional year. And I know for some of you, most of you, you've had an exceptional year as far as real estate sales, and that's great. Uh, and maybe you're having an exceptional year in other ways too, and that's wonderful. But you've been surrounded by other people perhaps that have not been having such a good year, and maybe you've absorbed some of their stress. And maybe you're yourself not necessarily having the clarity of purpose that you otherwise would have had had you not had the added stress. So one of the suggestions that I had from yesterday is to accept the fact that you might have um, a sense of stress or a higher level of stress, and you just haven't really acknowledged it because of the fact you've sort of gotten used to it. And it would be a smart move for you to recognize it and to maybe um, deal with it prior to starting the new year. And that is what this podcast this this week is all about, helping you root through all those deeply rooted or maybe not so deeply rooted emotions so that you can move past them so you can start the year out having clarity of purpose because that's really what you need. And now look, 2020 uh, is going to go down in at least my history book thus far in my life as being the most wackadoodle year ever. Maybe for all of you, it's the same. Maybe some of you have had more wackadoodle years. I don't know. But there's a good chance that 2021 is going to be even more wackadoodle in a whole bunch of different new ways. So just get ready 
And um, the most important thing is having clarity of purpose. And to have clarity of purpose, you have to have an absolute 100% focus on the direction you're going. And it's impossible to do that if you're feeling overwhelmed or if the stress is causing you to feel overwhelmed. So I'm going to get to point two and probably point three today. And um, before I do, I want to remind all of you that the free coaching program is uh, we're we're shutting it off in essence on December uh, 1st. So if you want to join the free coaching program, just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you join the free coaching program, and this, by the way, is part and parcel to the topic that we're focused on this week, you are going to be given a free copy of the real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map is probably, it's a mixture of art and science. It's something that Julie and I have updated many, many times throughout the years. It is in our opinion, the best fill-in-the-blank business and life plan you're going to find. There's not a lot of fluff in it, as none of you should be surprised, considering you know that's kind of one of our, um, I think, uh, what people know us for. You know, the cover of our book, after all, I'm looking at it right now, says the real estate agent's practical, no BS, step-by-step guide to becoming rich and free. Well, I think that pretty much uh, summarizes the real estate treasure map as well. But the treasure map is designed for you to completely fill it out from you know beginning to end. It is comprehensive. It will require a calculator. It will require require some actual planning and plotting. It will require you to be introspective and know your numbers, those types of things. But once you've completed it, I promise you, you're going to feel a lot, uh, you're going to feel that stress just melt away as you're doing it. Now, I know a lot of you are going to feel the stress uh, when you get to the numbers part, because most people don't want to deal with their finances. But once you move past that, where we lead you to in the treasure map is called the real estate, well, it's called your magic number. And I know this, these names all sound silly, right? But here's what the magic number is. And this is, in essence, the only thing, well, not only, but I'll say the most important thing in your real estate uh, business is the magic number. And the magic number is simply the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals. That's it. But you won't know what your magic number is until you go through the work of completing the rest of the real estate treasure map. Because again, you have to know exactly what your personal overhead is. You have to know exactly well, how much money you need uh, to maybe retire some debt. You need to know exactly how much money you need. You know, there's there's four categories of where the cash goes, debt, retirement, personal overhead, business overhead, and then obviously taxes. And you might even have some added categories on top of that. But you need to go through the exercise of knowing how much you need in net income to meet or exceed your financial goals. Um, and then once you know that, then the, you take that number. And then the next part of it is, is figuring out what your average uh, sale price is um, in your market. And that's going to be, for the most part, about three hundred grand. I think I read the average sale price in the United States, which this boggles my mind. When Julie and I sold real estate, the average sale price in the United States was $201,000. The average price of a home in the United States now is over $300,000. And we haven't been not selling real estate for that long. And that's just staggering how fast homes have inflated, or if you want to call it inflation. And that trend, by the way, is going to continue. But once you figure out what your average commission is, then you divide that, obviously, by the uh, average monthly overhead that you have. And that is your real estate magic number. And for the most part, most of you are going to need, let's say, maybe five listings at all times. Now, don't use this as your math because I'm just kind of just giving you an overview of how this works. So if you had five listings at all times, and let's say the market equals some resemblance of equilibrium, number of buyers, number of sellers, it's not a crazy hot seller's market, but let's just be you know conservative with our estimating here. So on average, you would sell two and a half homes per month. So if your average commission, again, just throwing out numbers here, so again, do the math, do the work so you actually have your real math, but if your average commission is $9,000 each, and let's say after expenses and whatnot, $7,500 each, then you're looking at 70, and by expenses, I mean broker and whatnot. So if you sold two and a half houses per month, that's 15,000, that's what, about 18,250 bucks, somewhere in there uh, per month. 
Now, most of you will discover that you need to earn less than $10,000 a month, including taxes to meet or exceed your financial goals. Matter of fact, when I've done this with people, and for the most part, when we go through the numbers, it's usually around 7,500 bucks. And that's for like a family of four. Now, if you live in one of the more expensive areas in the country, well, then obviously we have to adjust up considerably. I did this with somebody, um, and I'm not making this up. Now, this was a long time ago. This was like in 2000, well, you know what? This is probably 2004. Um, But it was somebody who had a very expensive personal lifestyle, lived in a very, well, here it is. The personal overhead that this family had was like $120,000 a month. Now, why was that expensive? They obviously had an expensive lifestyle, but they had a lot of taxes. They were saving for college tuitions. They had three kids. Um, they had, they were paying for kids' summer camps there. You guys get the idea. So it's very easy when you live in one of the East Coast states, for example, for your, um, you know, your financial, your overhead to be extraordinary. And that's well, I think everyone will agree. That's a pretty extraordinary overhead. Um, and it's, you know, as I'll, I'll just finish the loop on that thought is that I have talked with them recently and all their kids have graduated from college. And it's so, it's fun talking to somebody, um, as they've gone through that big cycle in life of raising their families and having their kids and having their kids successfully graduate with you know from nice colleges and all that and seeing the fruits of their labor, being on the other side of that bridge with them was uh, very rewarding for me. And I, I think all of you guys can re- relate to that. But back to my point, when you figure out what your real estate magic number is, that gives you clarity. That immediately will melt away the feeling of overwhelm. And also the other thing that that does is it purges the influence of any external things that might be trying to basically manipulate the way you think and feel. For example, if you know your real estate magic number is five listings at all times, and at five listings at all times, you're able to exceed your financial obligations by, and you know, your needs and your wants by at least $10,000 a month. That means you can what? Spoil your family, spoil yourself, save some money. But it all comes down to one, knowing what that real estate magic number is. And until you know what that magic number is, based on real math, you're always going to feel out of control and overwhelmed. So if you want to you know, get a jump on all these uh, on, on the new year, do the treasure map. And please, I get this. It, it honestly saddens me. I know a lot of you will start it, but you'll get to the math section, especially where you have to start being, um, you know, you have to start looking at where your debts are and your credit cards and your income and all that. That's where you guys are going to stop doing the work because it causes you too much, you know, stress that makes you feel overwhelmed. That if you don't push through that when you're doing the treasure map, you're never going to get to the payoff, which is knowing what your real estate magic number is. Because once you know what your real estate magic number is, on the other side of that is, again, an incredible sense of actual freedom. Because then you're like, huh, look at that. You know, I need maybe it's 10 listings at all times to meet or exceed my expectations. 10 listings. And let's say you've never taken a listing or you don't have any listings or listings just sort of come to you, you know, here and there randomly. Well, then the next natural step is how do I get to and keep 10 listings at all times or five listings at all times? Or if you're one of our clients in, you know, LA or whatever, whose average sale price is like, you know, a million and a half, maybe you need three listings at all times. But the point is, is know your number and have all your best efforts every single day work towards the accomplishment of getting to and maintaining that magic number of listings. So start with doing the treasure map. We could not have made it any easier for you people. 
Okay? So just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And when you do, you're also going to be entitled um, to attend the uh, the daily semi-private coaching call. By the way, if you were in um, the a free coaching program before and your membership, uh, it lapsed after six months, you can use the code 2021 and it'll let you re-up. So just text um, 2021 to 31996 and you can rejoin that program. Because I really, really want you guys to finish your treasure maps because I promise you that's going to make you feel incredible. It really will. Imagine this. You walk into your office in the morning, you see all the emails from all the schmoes trying to sell you their, you know, shiny objects and silver bullets. You see all your allies and friends on Facebook talking about the latest gimmick to generate leads. And you're like, you know what? I don't need any of that crap because I have a plan. And the plan is I'm going to get to and maintain five listings at all times. And I'll even take it a little further for you guys. And beyond that, it's going to come down to actually drill down making contacts, proactive lead generation. So if you want to sell, for example, I'll give you a little secret. If your goal next year is to sell 15 houses, and I don't know why it works this way. It's just deeply rooted psychology. But if your goal is to sell 15 houses or 20 houses or 50 houses, you know, you have to adjust accordingly depending on what your expectations are based on your real estate magic number, based on you actually completing the treasure map. When you do that, make that number of contacts every day. So if you want to sell, you know, 10 houses next year, and let's say your average commission is $10,000 and you want to make $120,000, right? You following me here? Then that means you're going to have to make on average of 10 contacts a day. The number of homes that you want to sell next year should equal the number of contacts you make every single day. I contact, and this is the important part because this is where modern agents get totally screwed up in their heads about this. A contact is a direct conversation with a decision-making adult. Now, I know you can use, if you have good contacts, you know, if you have uh, permission to, you can text people. But a text has to lead to a phone call because you're not going to actually sell anybody anything off a text, right? You're not. So you're going to, if it, it's initiated through a text or followed up through a text, that's fine. But it has to lead to a phone call. What is not a contact is virtually what you guys are, all the rest of you are doing. It's not a drip campaign. It's not a voicemail. It's not uh, a message through Facebook. It's not liking them on Facebook. It's not sending them a video of you doing a TikTok dance or whatever the hell it is, okay? It's none of those things. It's picking up the phone, you know, essentially with the uh, the objective of setting a pre-qualified listing appointment primarily. That is your job. Your job as a real estate practitioner, your number one job is to generate leads. Your number one skill set that you have to develop is learning how to develop proactive leads and not buying leads. Generating leads and buying leads are not the same things. Yes, you result in a lead, but the bought leads, generally speaking, are absolute complete garbage. You want proof? Here. I know I'm on my sandbox. I'll get off in a second and get to point number two, I promise. Here, I was listening to a... um, You know, I'm not even going to say who I was listening to or where I was listening to it because I don't want to offend anybody. But I was listening to something, and this person was this internet marketing agent, guru, whiz-bang, blah, 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 blah. And so you know, they were doing this live presentation, and somebody asked the, uh, you know, they're talking about, of course, buying leads from Facebook, how you tweak this, that, and tweak that, and build your funnels, and how all this, you know, absolute drilled down. It was interesting. It was, you know, a thorough uh, you know, it's fascinating. But then somebody asked the question that we always ask all of you guys to ask. So what's the output? What's the result? Why am I doing this? Which these presenters never talk about what the actual results are. They only want to impress you with how complicated, um, you know, their systems are. That's what they like to talk about. That interests them. 
Uh, but okay, so what's the output? Well, here's the output. You generate leads from the internet. Generally speaking, the internet leads are the least qualified, least motivated leads you're ever going to generate, period. You might as well pick up an old school white pages and the lead quality is virtually the same. Or you might want to just pick up, you know, a list of homeowners in your neighborhood. The lead generation, the lead quality is virtually the same. Really crappy leads. And then what they do is they tell you to drip on these really crappy leads that you paid to generate. So you're going to pay to generate. They're going to brag, oh, we generated 50 leads for, you know, $100. Only $2 a lead. Holy crap, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Don't be impressed with that. That's a big so. That's a big who cares. Leads have no value. They have no value. A pre-qualified motivated lead has value. Duh, right? This should be common sense. And yet look what our industry celebrates. A lead. Clouds part, right? A lead. Someone's generated a lead. Oh, look, this guy's generating a lead for $2. This one's generating a lead for a dollar. You guys get my point? It's goofy. It's silly. And then what do they tell you to do? Put the leads into a drip campaign. And within that drip campaign, you have to drip on them an average of, get this, they were arguing during this event. There was uh, people in the audience arguing with the presenter. Do you need to drip on them on average of 20 times <laughs> before they actually respond? And then, then they're bragging about how their technology allows them to go in there and monitor how many times they're reading the emails and they're looking at the, vi- who cares? What difference does it make? Why are you impressed with that? So you know that they're basically looking at the crap you're sending them? How do you even know the data you're getting is actually real? How do you actually know that, you know, by the way, are they just getting information from you or 10 other realtors? It doesn't make sense. Now, if your objective is to get to your magic number of listings, because the only way you're going to do that is you pick up the phone, you follow a script, you ask questions, you determine their level of motivation. And if they're not going to transact with you, you know, depending on what your own criteria is, Julie and I talk about this a lot in our book, Harris Rules, in my own opinion, if they're not going to list a house with you within less than 90 days, don't keep them. Don't drip on them. Don't put them in a lead follow-up campaign. Just basically move on. And I'll tell you the psychology behind that. Because being a coach, doing what I've done for as long as I've done it, what I've discovered are the people with the largest databases and the most you know people they're being dripped on are the least profitable. Because what happens is, is the payoff to them is generating the lead and putting them in the drip campaign because they have a false sense of security that that lead in that drip campaign is going to somehow raise their hand and say, yes, sell me a house or you know come list my house. That's what they think. That's how they were taught. So they think that's the way you're supposed to do it. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. The way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to basically call people back, use a, you know, a well-thought-out, thorough, elegant script, determine their motivation at, through asking questions and listening to what they're saying, actually having skills to you know, listen to what they're saying. There's some nuanced approaches to that. Sometimes they're more for, you know, they'll tell you more so about their situation. Other times they won't, but it all comes down to really good scripting. And so when you go through that process, at the end of the end of that process is a actual pre-qualified lead, or you have determined that this person is not serious. And the not serious leads, the solution is not to put them in a drip campaign. It's to hit the bye-bye button. God bless them. Move on to the next one. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Your goal is not to have a crap ton of leads. Your lead, your goal is to have as few leads as you possibly can at the same time you have a real estate magic number. Because then what you're doing when you use our scripts, for example, is you're pre-qualifying those leads. You're getting down to their motivation level. And you're then result like our top producing agents. One of the first questions that we always ask them. These are people earning 
you know, millions of dollars in some cases. How many leads do you have? And if I hear them rattling, open, shuffling through a, you know, binder, or I hear them, you know, pulling it up on a spreadsheet, I'm like, okay, you have way too many leads. The most leads you need at any one time are going to be, and this is a top producer, maybe 15 leads or fewer. Because if you're chasing more than that, that means you're not closing on the appointment when you generated the lead. That means when you got them on the phone originally, you did not ask them the questions with the intent of qualifying them for motivation and actually setting the appointment to take the listing or you know help them uh, purchase a house. So you didn't do the initial stage correctly because you thought, well, I'll just put them, at, put them in my system as a lead. Here is the ultimate fallacy in that. Again, I've already touched on one. It gives you a false sense of security. But the other thing is you think that lead is just yours. You think that that person hasn't been entered in 14,000 other lead follow-up systems with 10 other realtors. You know they have. So your best bet at being successful in 2021 is to be proactive with your lead generation and be ruthless with anybody that tells you that you can do any of this stuff passively. You might occasionally pick up a transaction from long-term lead follow-up, but at what cost? What did it cost for you to generate that lead? What did it cost you to drip on that lead? Not much, I realize, but what was the psychological cost that you paid for not for losing the sense of urgency and accepting the false sense of security of having a big database of leads? Again, this is not a big database dripping business. This is a picking up the phone and solving other people's problems business. So hopefully that gives you guys a lot of clarity. And by the way, I'm pretty sure it does because our book remains a top seller on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. If you've not purchased the book yet, it's called Harris Rules. And of course, it is in festive green, a perfect stocking stuffer. There's gold, uh, you know, the fonts on the front are in gold color. So do purchase the book. It's called Harris Rules. And yes, it's available on Audible. And thank you to the over 400 of you that have given the book um, Harris Rules a five-star review. I sincerely appreciate it. All right, so I'm going to go on to point number two. <laughs> I told you I would. Point number two: Recognize the stressing, stressful feelings that come from feeling that come from feeling overwhelmed. In other words, obviously stressful. You feel stressed from being overwhelmed. What comes first is probably the overwhelmed feeling comes in, and then the hopelessness feeling of of stress then enters in. And here's the key: Don't give those feelings and thoughts any power. Don't let them grow and fester into bigger issues. Stop overthinking. And so I'll give you an example. If you are feeling bad right now or at any time and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, why am I, what, why is my mindset like this? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I, why, blah, 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 blah. And there's so many books out there and gurus and whatever you want to call them that are all about your mindset. Okay. Okay, Bob, you have a bad feeling about whatever it is you have a bad feeling about. How long have you been feeling this way? What, what do you think caused you to start feeling this way? How long have you felt this way? What You guys get the point? Okay, now Bob, who is willing to move forward and not feel this way anymore, is now deeply going down rabbits, you know, out, you guys get my point here, a dark hole of more reinforcing of the negative thought. So now Bob's opening up Pandora's box of other negative thoughts. Well, I think I thought that way because of this, but you're right, maybe it's because of this. How long have I thought this way? I've thought this way ever since I was a kid. You don't escape from it that way. You've empowered it. And then now your brain is bouncing around looking for more ways to reinforce that thought. That is crazy. Don't do it. When you have a negative thought, here's the thought. Here's the thought. Here's the thought for all of you. You can never control the first negative thought. You can't. I suppose if you're a, a, a Buddhist monk and you sort of checked out of the world and you're living in your you know mountaintop um, with your organic garden wearing your red robe, 
And I suppose maybe there, there's not a lot of negative thoughts you're going to possibly have, right? But for the most part, you can't control whether you're going to have a negative thought. They bounce around in our brains constantly. Um, but here's what you can control. So you can't control when you have a negative thought, but you can control the second one. Or more specifically, you can control how you react to the negative thought. That is really the essence of it. So if you want to know how to control your mindset, that is the hack right there. Except don't feel bad, don't overanalyze, don't question, don't read about, don't study, don't do anything about why you had the negative thought. Who cares? It does not matter where it came from, how long it's been in your head, don't give it any power. Once you have you once you have the negative thought, the key is to look at that negative thought and say, "Oh, I see you, you little bastard." You snuck into my head. <laughs> Look at you, you cute, cute little negative thought. You know, I'm making fun, but that's how I sometimes talk to myself because it is fun. And what happens then is that negative thought, you can literally feel that negative thought's power going away. I want you to try that. So you can't control when you have the initial negative thought, when it enters into your mind, but you can control how you react to it. Now, here's the, my, a little barometer. I use this, but I, I learned this. I didn't read this. I learned this from coaching agents. Uh, this is what a billion coaching calls will do for you. So having helped many people through this, because obviously when you're in a sales business, that if you're doing it right, you're going to be putting yourself in a position to hear no on a regular basis, right? So you have to work past the initial impact of the negative thoughts that comes from having any resemblance of rejection. And so one of the, and also enters in is ego too. Sometimes like when you get in a little, you know, communicative battles with uh, other people, those are all sort of triggered from the same sort of place in your body. And so what I have helped other people do, and I'm going to share with you guys as well, and this works for me too, is monitor constantly your uh, physiological state with regards to like where the actual stress or the, or essentially where the, um, you know, where the negative thought kind of manifests. It's in your head for sure, but it actually manifests for me like right center core. That's where I can actually feel it. I haven't researched this, but I bet you there's glands down there. I don't know what, right? So that's where I start to feel it. So when I'm starting to feel, when I have that little tiny bit of uncertainty or unsettledness in my center, you know, mass of my body, then I know that that's my body trying to react and because it's feeling fight or flight. And that's really ultimately where all this goes back down to. Your root programming, your core brain, your lizard brain, it's called a bunch of different things. But really where all this stuff comes into is our, our, our universal original uh, operating system. Your, your core root iOS is where all this starts. Because here's why, and I'm going to, and this is where I'm going to round the bend, because when I discovered this, it changed everything that I realized that I, about the whole mindset stuff. Your brain is designed to look for negative stuff. My brain too, by the way, right? We're all human. Because that's how we survived. If we weren't on the constant lookout, by we, I mean, you know, not you like two weeks ago, but, you know, the generations ago, the back when we were running around on this earth with other, you know, uh, hominids and how we did, we're, uh, all this research and they're discovering that there are many, many versions of homo sapiens on the planet at the same time. And they were trying to kill us. We were trying to kill them. And then, of course, you had all the animals and the plants and the changing climate and the, I mean, you are constantly surrounded by threat vectors everywhere you looked, everywhere you looked. It was a never ending shit show of what's going to kill you today, right? You think 2020 was crazy? Well, I imagine back then they had 2020 as like an every single day thing where they had like 10 things every single day that if they basically made the wrong decision was going to get them, okay? 
So our brains are not designed to look for good news. Our brains are designed to look for bad news because bad news is what's kept us alive. Bad news is pre looking for bad news is programmed into our root level operating system. And without having looked, you know, it's here, think of it this way. You're walking along a path, you know, you're wearing, this is you and your, <laughs> you and your, uh, your, your family, right? And, and this is, it's, it's back in prehistoric times. And I don't know what you're wearing, but let's just say you're very hairy with a lot of, you know, animal skins and maybe you've got a bat or you get the picture, right? We're talking very Fred Flintstone here. So you're walking along the path with your family and then, you know, maybe you're coming up to a clearing of trees and out of the trees comes another little family that were walking the other way. Are you going to stop and talk to them about like, what's the good news, brother? How's it going? Tell me, you know, what? let's let's share our best stories from today. No, you're going to want to ask that person coming out of the thicket of trees that you're about to walk into, what the hell's lurking in there that might kill us, right? That's what you're going to do. The currency is exchanging, was exchanging and still is and bad news because that's basically what has kept us alive. Now, does that apply today? No. And that's where the rubber meets the road with mindset stuff. Because uh, the mindset coaches and gurus know that all of you are pre-programmed to look for uh, bad news. That's how we all are. Yeah, I think I've made that point sufficiently at this point. And they know that you will never be able to root it out. So they know you're always going to be a customer for whatever it is they're trying to sell because you'll never be able to root out that original iOS. So what you've got to accept is that you can't get rid of that original operating system. It's part of who you are and it serves a purpose, but you have to choose what that purpose is going to be. You have to decide what that purpose is going to be. So this goes back to the point I was just making. You cannot control the first negative thought, but you can control how you react to the second negative thought and this does take work and i you know the the clue the, the for me and for coaching clients in general and i'm sure for you is look monitor your physical state be present with how you're feeling in your body at your core and if you start feeling anxious or stressed chances are your root level software is reacting to something, an environmental thing, or something you just heard. When you feel that feeling, that gives you a clue that you need to monitor what you're thinking. Because I bet you when you have those that, that emotional physiological reaction, that physiological then emotional reaction, I should have said, what you'll discover is you're swimming in, a, swimming in a sea of negative emotions coming from negative thoughts. You need to put a stop to that. And I gave you what I say. When I have a negative thought, when I, when it, you know, it's, I can't protect myself from negative thoughts. They always are there, but I can control how I react to them. So the first one I'm going to have, the second one I'm not going to have, uh, assuming I'm being omnipresent with my uh, physiological and uh, mental state, right? My emotional state, then I can stop it. And sometimes if that SOB slips past me and I then allow my, my mind starts manifesting a second negative thought, that's when I jump in and I start to try to make fun of it. Because when you do, when you actually become the observer of your emotional state, when you become the third, uh, you know, like the I'm your coach and if I were sitting here watching you do work and I was trying to give you guys constant uh, tweaks to what to say, how to say it, right? There's so many monitoring. Okay, that's what I'm saying. You should start being with yourself emotionally because uh, your feelings are essentially what come after the physiological reaction. You can't control the physiological reaction. You can't control your feelings. You can control what comes after that. And when you realize that you can control what comes after that, that is liberating. 
So I want you to realize that ultimately you are in control whether you feel overwhelmed and stressed or not. It's whether you choose to um, be observant of it or whether you choose to let it run rampant in your head. Because if you choose to let it run rampant in your head, you will lose because your body and your mind are designed to look for more for more threat vectors. It's designed to look for more things to worry about. It's designed to look, and then what happens is you start watching the news all the freaking time. Then you start looking for things on the internet. Then you start talking to other people that are also stuck in the same negative vortex. You stop surrounding your, you, you surround, guys get it? You're there, you're caught, you're stuck. You've lost a year, you've lost a decade. That's what happens because you are in this fear mode and you can't break free of it and you're saying oh my gosh tim i want to feel this way i want to feel that way i just told you how you can make dream boards until the cows come home there's a purpose for those you can you can work on your mindset you can work on all of this but these the very three simple steps that i just gave you that is the actual cut through the bs decoding of how to get in control of your mental and your emotional mindset that will do it for all of you hopefully this helps you i know it does <laughs> well I hope it does anyway, because it is my sincerest hope that all of you guys embrace this amazing time that we're all on this planet in this amazing industry. And I don't, I'm not just saying that to be a, you know, Pollyanna here. I think personally what we're entering, it's not just me, obviously, it's a lot of other people think this too. We're entering into the golden era of real estate. That's really what's happening. We're going to have a perfect uh, you know, environment for an incredible 2021, probably for the next, I, can, I can't really see much beyond 2021. I can kind of pick up breadcrumbs of what it might be like beyond that. But I do promise you guys, if you have your mindset in the right place and you're following a plan and you're keeping, and we're going to talk about this more in uh, obviously future shows, and you're keeping your focus on what matters most and start with the real estate magic number, you will be able to accomplish more and be happier and healthier than you've ever been before. It's all about realizing the first step really ultimately is, is that you truly can control ultimately what you get out of your life, but it does honestly start with having a real drilled down plan and then being a, an observer of your, 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 emotional, your emotional state and then you choose whether or not you're going to react to that emotional state. Because frankly, in most cases, if I personally don't monitor and then decide how I'm going to react to my emotional state, I would be a shit show. And many of you would be too. And some of you are because this is new information to you. And I want you to give yourself an opportunity to realize there's probably nothing wrong with you. I say probably because, you know, some of you there might be. That's a joke, but true. Um, but for the most part, every single one of you with this very simple way of approaching this very normal issue that all of us have, which is the stress and the overwhelm, especially after this crazy year we've all experienced, it's normal. Start with that and then move on to the information I just shared with you. So listen, guys, if you want to talk to Julie and I about joining our EXP family, I've made it very easy for you. Just text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. And when you do, um, we're going to text you back a real quick video that you can watch. It's nine minutes and I'll answer all your questions and then we can pick up uh, from there and we can get started if that's the direction you want to go. In the meantime, guys, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast in the United States. I'm so thrilled. I mean, almost embarrassed <laughs> when I see the fact that we're picking up listeners in over 50 different countries. That's just incredible. So thank you for allowing us the honor and the pleasure of being your coach. You guys have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. 
For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.